I want us to spend some time in the next few weeks getting an understanding of what God wants to do now. Sometimes you know what God's done in the past, but what does God want to do now? Anybody with me on this? What's God doing next in our lives and in our homes? And I think part of it is kicking off right now as we consider uh, just the fact that we're all in this room together. Anybody glad you're sitting next to the person that you're sitting next to? All right. Yeah, so, some of you sitting by yourself and saying, I'm glad to be sitting right here. You know? <laughs> nice to have a place to put my stuff. You know? and, but we, did, we didn't come to this house to be separated. We came here to be together. Am I right? It's important, important for us to be in this house. It's important for us to be together. And, and it's a calling that the Lord has for us. It's interesting that if you look at the beginning of the church in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 47, one of the things that you see is that when people were being saved, they were added to the church. They were added to the community. They spent time house to house. It wasn't just they came to church on Sunday, but they spent time with each other during the week. They were constantly praying. They were constantly eating together. Uh, anybody, anybody eat this past week? Anybody do that? All right. Did anybody eat with people that you like? Okay. If they're sitting next to you right now, it'd be a good time to say yes. Uh, it's kind of nice to spend time with people that you like, people that you can be honest with, people that will pray with you. You ever go to uh, go out to eat with somebody and you think, should we pray before we eat? And you look around to see who's going to make the first move, find out whether it's okay or not. And then you got those hand-holding prayers. Anybody know those people? And it's like, we're going to pray, we're going to hold hands. So people start reaching out and holding hands, and you're thinking, I just washed my hands. That's why, that's why God created antibacterial stuff in your purse. So you can hold hands. It's okay. If you want, just give them a little finger. Okay, just do that. Or hold the napkin or something. But... It's interesting that, you know, we may have different traditions and ways of doing things, but when people get saved, when people get saved in Scripture, they come together and they are a part of something larger than themselves. Acts 2.47 is right after that day of Pentecost and, and Peter preaches and everybody's coming to the streets and they're speaking languages that they do not know and people are hearing the gospel in languages they've never heard before and out of this, the question is, you know, what are we going to do? And Peter tells them, you know, repent, you know, and, and believe in the Lord Jesus. And people are saved out of that. They, they confess Jesus as their Lord. And the Lord added to the church that particular day. And, and that's when the church was birthed. So there were already disciples. There were already people that were getting together. They were in the upper room. There's about 120, but it went from 120 to 3,000 like in a day. And what are you going to do with a crowd like that? What are you going to do? Well, that's, that's some interesting discussion because we're still a part of that particular church. Welcome back, everyone. Everybody came back. I'm glad anybody comes to church on a Sunday. Sometimes on a Sunday, I'll just be honest. Uh, I have listened to myself preach. I am so thankful that anybody comes back. I really am. <laughs> and, uh, and you're probably saying, well, Pastor, you do a really good job. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Uh, but, you know, anybody ever just look at yourself? I mean, or, or are you those guys that look at yourself and say, I look good, you know? <laughs> Maybe we both have a problem. I don't know. Uh, 
But I'm just glad that we're here. And I'm glad for the welcome and the love that you give me and that we give each other when we come in the house. You know, there's a lot of things that you can do uh, in church that, that are wonderful. And, you know, we, we're, we want to be smart when it comes to church ministries. But uh, at the same time, uh, there's something about a spiritual culture and when you come together and people and, you, and you're loved. Isn't there something about that? That we're loved and we care for one another. We take care of one another. Shake your head up and down if you're awake back there, okay? It's, there's something about it. And you can't, you can't force that. I mean, you can go to the Holiday Inn Express and they'll say welcome home. But they're still going to take your credit card. And they're going to throw you out, all right, when you're done. I'm saying I don't, want to, I don't want the church to be my Holiday Inn. Even though it's fine. If you're there, I'm not busting on it, okay? What I'm saying is we are more than that. I want us to talk about that today. Talk about who we are. Dan, could you help me? This woman is so good with this stuff. Okay, this is a laundry basket. I'm so glad that she has this. All right, so uh, does anybody have one of these, a laundry basket? All right. How many have ever used one of these recently? How many need to use one of these? Anybody need it? You know, we, we, we get real busy on occasion. We'll look at each other and just, we both know, okay, because... You know, the drawers are empty. There ain't no drawers in the drawers, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> That's terrible. And, and uh, you know, we both know it's got to be done. And, and I'm hoping she'll do it so I don't have to do it. Because this is going to sound really terrible. I'm just not really good with laundry. Uh, I have done the laundry. Can I get an amen from somebody who has done it? But is thankful that someone else in the house is doing it. All right? The reason I smell good is not of my own doing. It is because somebody helps me with this. And, uh, but how many have ever had a clothes in your closet that you keep, but you really should have gotten rid of a couple of years ago? Okay. All right. It's okay. But you know, if clothes could talk, you know what they'd be saying? Yeah, wash me. Yeah, wash me. Set me free. Now, these clothes that are in this basket, these are some nice clothes. I mean, I, I don't know. Here's a, look at this. There's a, that's pretty, isn't it? Look at that. I mean, I'm not wearing it, but I mean, somebody might like this. All right, or uh, here's the top. All right, ladies' clothes. These come right out of Freedom's clothes closet. All right, so uh, got them downstairs hanging up in a room. Anybody glad Freedom has a clothes closet that we give away? The price on these are, is right. It's free, all right? And uh, here's, here's the fact that the clothes that we have in our... I don't think these are going to fit me, but uh, maybe they would. I don't know. Anyway. Keep, no, anyway. <laughs> some of you might recognize these clothes because you may have dropped them off. And then we work on cleaning them up and put them on hangers and... Oh, here, that's nice. I ain't wearing it, but it's nice. Okay, so, and uh, anybody want the sizes? Anybody need sizes? Nobody wants, nobody's, you see, if I told you size, you wouldn't lift your hand anyway, all right? So, uh, it's, that, that's the way it is in church, just so you get this. We want you to know that there is a place for you here, even if somebody else doesn't want you. We want you to know that even if you got some issues in your life, uh, you can drop yourself off right here and we can find a home. I think sometimes, isn't that what the church is? 
We're kind of like uh, a closed closet, aren't we? We're just, we're, we're just folks. I mean, look around the room. We're not all the same. We're, we're diverse. We're, we, you might look around the room and notice some people are taller than other people. And some people are the right height, which I am. And some people are, quit. Uh, we're diverse ethnically. Okay, look around the room. Aren't you glad that freedom is a church of every tribe and tongue and nation? Anybody glad for that? I mean, we were singing that. We were singing that, is he worthy? And I was looking around the room and I was saying, I, I re, well, I really, I remember when I first came here, and I know you're, this is amazing, but it was 30 years ago when I first came here to pastor this church. But when I came here, it was not a diverse community. And uh, it was much, you know, we don't have the largest sanctuary, it's a much smaller sanctuary. And I would walk around the neighborhood and pray. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, your church, this church does not look like the harvest field. And uh, so the Lord just transformed us. Somebody praise God for that. He just transformed us. And so, so this is what we are. But even in all of that transformation, it's important to understand that God wants his church to come together. And we need to tear down all of these dividing lines that cause us not to be together. Hey, you know, I don't care if you're a pair of... Oh, pleated pants or a skirt or a top or a suit jacket, whatever, however, I just want you to be here because we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. He's the one that is worthy. So welcome to freedom. Welcome to freedom. I want to talk about just being a part of the church, what it means to be together, why we're here together. Uh, since the beginning of church, we've all been coming together. And one of the reasons we come together is because we all have been saved. Have I got anybody in the house that's been saved? Okay, so everybody didn't raise their hands. So I want to preach about this. So should I, should I do another hand raising? Saved. The Lord added to the church daily. Now read this. Those who were being saved. So uh, I'll give you just a few scriptures to help you. John three sixteen. Anybody know this one? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his one and only son, his only begotten son, which means one and only, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So what, what is, how do you not perish but have eternal life? Just read the scripture. Don't be deep on me right now. What? Believe on, believe on, on, on Jesus. Whoever believes in Jesus shall have, not perish but have eternal life. Anybody ever heard that scripture? And look at this next one. See Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved. You might want to read this and highlight this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. By grace I place my faith in Jesus. I, I believe in Jesus and then grace shows up. Grace. Grace. Anybody got grace? Anybody have some grace? All right. I mean, has any, let me just ask you. Has anybody been good to you when you did not deserve it? Anybody? Yes. You know, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm an old school guy, so mama raised me to open doors for people. All right? I open doors for a lot of people. I'm that guy that is standing at the restaurant and gets stuck out front because the crowd is coming in and I'm at the end of the line later, but I got to hold that door. And I'm also an old school gentleman. Don't throw anything at me, but here's the truth. If I see ladies coming to the door, I'm going to say, let me open that door for you. It's not that you can't open the door on your own. I know you can. It's just the way I'm cut out. And mama, Mama's been gone for a while. She might raise from the dead. Slap me if I didn't do something like that. Now, now hear what I'm saying. It is by grace. I don't 
have you fill out a resume before I open the door. All right? I just open the door. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It is by grace. And he says, it is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. So grace is a gift. It is a gift of God. The scripture goes on to say, therefore, nobody can boast about it. Nobody can brag and say, well, you know, Jesus is taking me to heaven because, well, I'm just better than you are. You know, nobody can do that. You know, I've just, I fed a lot more hungry people. I, I dress really good for church. And you know that Jesus is taking us to heaven according to who is dressed the best. You know. That's sarcasm. There should be a light that lets people know. That was sarcasm. No. We are saved by the gift of God. We put our faith in Jesus and God just loves us. And saves us. I like Romans 10 and 9 because I still like process. So what is this by faith? How do I place my faith in Jesus? And some people think it's just thinking really hard. I believe, I believe, I believe. If I say I believe 20 million times, then that will give me more faith. But it's not. You can't shout believe enough. It's, it's like this. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's what it looks like. If you confess and you believe, then you will be saved. So somebody confess. How many will say this with me? This is a confession. Jesus is my Lord. Just say it. Jesus is my Lord. All right. That means Jesus is in charge. Whatever Jesus says, that's what goes. I love Jesus. I'm making him in charge of my life before anybody else. Jesus is the Lord. Everything I have, everything I'm going to do, it all is for him. And then he says, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. We're just saying, is he worthy? We're just saying that. How many believe that Jesus died on the cross and then he rose again? Anybody believe that? All right. It's just a historical fact. The world turned when Jesus got up. So I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And I believe and confess that he is my Lord. And the Bible says, if that's your situation, you will be saved. Is that good news to anybody? Yes. You will be saved. You will be saved. I, I love these teachings. I, I've done a lot of eulogies. Lots of them. Uh, and I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm pretty good at it. Pretty good at it. And the reason I am, I, you know, I'm a pastor and I love people, but, but I have found that about anybody I talk to, I can find some good stuff about them. I can hear stories and things to talk about. I love the stories of people's lives. I can sit and listen to stories until, you know, it's after church and Dinah's running back. And say, it's time to start second service, but I'm still listening to somebody's story. I just love them. I was uh, at a, a service years ago uh, at, a, at a church in uh, Norfolk, and I just went there to be a part uh, for one of the members of our church. It was her father who had died, and I got in, I sat down. The little church was just packed, and I'm sitting there, and uh, finally they sang, and the pastor gets up to preach, and he calls the man by name, and he says, here lies, and he calls him by name, this man. This man was no good. He wasn't a good father. He wasn't a good husband. He wasn't a good provider. This man was no good, and I'm just reading into what's going on. He is telling the truth about this guy. I mean, his, his kids didn't like him. His family didn't like him. He died. He's going to die whether people like him or not. He mistreated people. 
abused people, didn't provide for people. And the guy, he just goes on. This man is no good. And I'm thinking, should we all just leave now? But he went on and he said, this man was, let me put my preacher sound in. This man was no good, but God is good. So can I tell some of you in this room, some people come to church at Freedom who have, if they look back over their life, have done a lot of bad stuff. You don't have to confess by raising your hands right now. But you are not saved by what you did. I'm not saying you shouldn't do good things. What I'm saying is, Jesus doesn't save you because of what you did. The Father saves us because of what Jesus did. So you don't run up to the Father and say, but look at all I've done, look at all the money I've given, look at all. No, he says, I'm going to save you because of the cross, because of the resurrection. Praise Jesus. I'm going to heaven one day. Anybody want to go? Do you know why you're going? Not because of what you did. You're going because of what? What he did. So we come together in this place. Because we're being saved. Because we're people who believe in Jesus. And the Lord tells us that we come to, should come together. Did you know that the Lord tells us we should come together? In fact, the word of God actually says this. That we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But so much the more as we see the day approaching. Anybody paid any attention to what's going on in the world today? I think the older you get, perhaps, not that I'm older, but the older that some of us get, the more we realize how things have changed. In fact, I could ask you, would you say the world has changed in the last 20 years? How about the last decade? Anybody say it's changed in the last decade? I mean, this past Wednesday, we were reminded of 9-11, and we all gathered here in the auditorium, and we prayed, we prayed for our nation, and we looked back over uh, all of these years, the last uh, 18 years, and we were just considering all the things that have changed, and it moves us to pray, because I don't know if you look around, but I think Jesus might come back one day. Anybody else believe that? I really believe Jesus might come back, and, and He's coming back. Can I tell you this? He's coming back for people that are saved. And, I, and Jesus says, as the day is approaching, we ought to be getting together. We ought to pray together. We ought to spend time at each other's houses. We ought to encourage one another and pray for one another. We can't do this by ourselves. We need to be together. And you may not know everybody in this house, but I'm telling you, you need each other. Go ahead, turn to somebody. And don't, don't say this in a really disgusting way, but look at each other and just say, you know, we need to be together. Would you do that? I'm not saying pick up somebody right now. That's not what I'm saying. We need to be together. But secondly, we come together as family. Somebody shout, hey, brother, hey, sister. Go ahead, look at somebody. Hey, call somebody mama, brother. Now, here's what happened. They continued, after the church was formed, they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And again, the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. Now, here's one thing that we realize. The church isn't the building. The church is the people who constitute... The ecclesia, the body of the Lord Jesus. And we have what is known as kononia, which is fellowship. We spend time 
with God and with one another. And we are called to be knit together in love. All right? I mean, how many, anybody wearing clothes in the room? You're wearing fabric. And the, the reason that shirt works or that outfit works is because it was knit together. And the, body, the Bible teaches us that we are being knit together. We become the body of the Lord Jesus. We don't all have the same gifts, the same abilities, but we are the body of the Lord Jesus. But when I say that, uh, some people don't understand it so much. Uh, but here I go. I'm going to preach something that I don't know that I preach that much. I, uh, I really like this house. I really like it. I mean, I, I want to get new carpet and chairs, and I'd like to ask you to help me with that one day, but I really like the house. I've been here for a long, long time. Uh, yeah, 30 years. I, I mean, if, if I really go back, I've been here 30, 33 years. Uh, it was several years ago when I first moved here. In fact, the first time I came to this church, it was 12,290 days ago. That's a lot of days. That's right. And I, I kept getting up every morning and I, I came to this church and uh, uh, I tried to come in those doors right here. Has anybody ever thought those doors were the main doors besides me? Anybody? So there is a big sign on that door that says this is not an entrance, but it's a door. It looks like it ought to be an entrance. I look, I didn't build that door there. I, I know who did. He's gone on to heaven now. But but uh, what I'm saying is is that I came and rattled those doors and then realized, wait a minute, there must be other doors around the front. And then those, those big two doors that you see back there, they were the original doors that were placed here when we built this building many years ago. And that was the foyer. And the foyer now used to be the front porch. And you can kind of tell if you go out there and look around, you can say, oh, yeah, this has to be a porch. Okay. And none of this was here. None, none of that was back there. And this was the education wing right over here. We used to run a little daycare right out over here. And we had a small room for a fellowship hall. It was just different. But man, we have knocked some walls down. Anybody been in a house for a little while? We have knocked some walls down. I mean, one Sunday, literally, I took a sledgehammer to a wall that was right here at church. I said, we got to knock this wall down. And we're going to enlarge it over here. We're going to start doing lots of services so people can come. We just made a mess one particular Sunday. We actually did that. We've got a big history of what we've done. I mean, when I look at this building, I see other things that have happened. Like, I know that this corner back here used to be the bathrooms, okay? So you guys are all sitting in the toilet section over here. We love you, okay? We love you. That's the toilet section over here. And I, I know that up there in that corner used to be the nursery. Okay, there was a big window. And uh, the nursery used to be up there. And I, I just know how it used to be. I know that wasn't a parking lot at one time over there. That was a big grassy field in the side lot of the house that I used to live in. The Preston and Lindsay now live in. And Avalyn next door. I have those kinds of memories. But I remember the shovelfuls. I remember taking the first shovelful out front when we said, we got to build a place where we can feed hungry people. And we dug that. And people came together. And they gave. And they worked. I I remember when we, uh, we decided not long ago we were switching some lights out. I remember a few years ago and some of you came and you showed up and we put up ladders. And I remember we repainted it and changed some things here and there. I just, I have this relationship with this church that I remember what it originally was. And I look at this building and I love what it is right now. Some people say, well, the houses aren't important. Well, maybe I haven't read the Bible too much. 
Because God loves places. Did you know that? He actually built a house called, uh, he called it his temple, right? And uh, that's where people came to worship. I mean, the church, they would come to Solomon's Colonnade and they would spend time there. And, and, I, and, and some people say, you know, a house is not a home. A home is people. And I, I totally agree. But I love coming to a place that is dedicated for the cause of lifting up the name of the Lord Jesus and seeing people saved. Well, it wasn't just knocking down the walls that really blessed me. Can I tell you this? I preached over 3,000 sermons standing in this particular place. All right? Over three. That's a lot of sermons. All right? Not only that, I have seen hundreds of people give their lives to Jesus Christ right here. I've seen people saved. I've seen people healed. I've seen people delivered. I've baptized hundreds of people over here. I have seen hundreds of brides come down that particular aisle. I kind of like this place. My memories are rich of all the things that God has done. And yours are too because you have those memories. You remember the first time you came in this place, don't you? Kind of broken and messed up, wondering what you were going to do with your life. Anybody remember those days? And somebody said, hello, welcome to freedom, and they embraced you. You remember those days? Anybody else got those memories? People say, church isn't important. Okay, we'll go burn your house down then. You know what I'm saying? I, it's important to have a place, to have an address. And I don't know, maybe one day the Lord will release us of this building and we'll build like something out of a shopping mall or something. I don't know, but right now I just want you to know I am so glad that the family shows up at the house every week and that we love one another and we're building memories here. I'm so thankful that you love God like I love God. And I'm thankful that next week you might bring somebody back to the house and they might be broken and they might be messed up and God will do the work of setting them free. You thank God for that. Thank God for that. It is... Anybody been to Virginia Beach General? Anybody know what I'm talking about? It used to be Virginia Beach General Hospital and Sintera came and bought all that at the hospitals, I guess, but... Uh, my grandson was born up there. And now they don't let kids be born there anymore. You know? They, they send them to Princess Anne or one of the other hospitals. And they've turned that. They're working on people that are uh, specifically have a great oncology department right down here at Virginia Beach General. So they've, they've specialized in particular areas. But when I drive by that, I think, man, that's where my grandson was born, you know? And I, I remember the times that my wife, one particular time my wife fell and broke her ankle, just, oh, it was such a mess. I remember carrying my wife into the emergency room there and her, her little ankle just hanging sideways. And, and I remember a doctor meeting us there and them setting her ankle and putting a plate in it, some pins and screws and, and her coming home. And I'm just so grateful. When I drive by that place, I don't say, well, that's a lousy place. I say, no, there's a place there that I got some, we got some healing, we got some help or somebody was born. Well, at this particular house, and I don't know if you know about John chapter 3, verse 5, but Jesus was talking to a guy about salvation. His name was Nicodemus who wanted to know what to do to be saved. And he said, he said, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and of the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You must not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. So Malachi, my grandson, was born down at that hospital, but I baptized him right here in this particular hospital. And so he gave his life to Jesus here. And some of you, you might have been born elsewhere, but you were born again right here. Some of you don't understand this. 
You, you don't have to just keep living your life by the flesh. He would like for you to live the life of the Spirit. Seen so many people born again and adopted. Anybody love adoption? Anybody? I know. Anybody love adoption? The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, you didn't receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption whereby you can cry, Abba, Father. Heavenly Father wants to be your personal Father. And so wherever you are in your life, He didn't come to make you church members. He came to make you sons and daughters. That's why we're brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers. That's who we are to one another. Look at somebody and say, welcome to the family. Let me say one more thing before we head to uh, the park. Um, I was looking at this jacket. I, don't, I used to wear jackets years ago to church and things. I don't think that one would fit me. But I wouldn't wear this one anyway. Okay? Uh, you know why? Two wrinkles. That's a wrinkled jacket right there. Ain't wearing that. Wrinkled jacket. The reality is, is that people actually... Drop clothes off at this church that are wrinkled. Yeah. Anybody relate? How many have ever come to this house wrinkled before? Some wrinkles in your life. Somebody says, yeah, at my age, I got a lot of wrinkles. That's not what I'm talking about. The Lord added to the church those who were, look at this line. We come together because we are being saved. The Lord added to the church those who were, next two words, being, being saved. It's in your notes. We got It's locked up there. There it is. Those who were being saved. Uh, I've had a lot of notes come to me over this last week. I haven't read them. I haven't responded so much. It's just so heavy. I read your stories, and I'm just so great for the lives that we have lived together. I remember one sister... She, she, she is uh, not here now, but I remember when she came and she told me that the moment she came in, the night before she had planned to end it all. And the next morning, the sun came up and she decided that she was going to come to church. And she heard the message of the gospel of Jesus and she gave her life to Jesus on that particular morning. She got saved. She set, got set free. Uh, several months later, she found a husband at church. How about that finding husbands at church? <laughs> get a get a single lady, amen. All the all the single ladies. No, anyway, I mean, <laughs> she's married, got a husband. She's a grandmother now. I had a, another sister who came to church. She's a member of the church now. Don't be looking around. Uh, but when. I met her. She was so broken. Somebody had wanted me to meet her. And so I went and I met her at a restaurant. And she told me all about her past. And her, it was so broken. She was addicted. She was struggling. She had been massively abused. And uh, that day I told her about Jesus sitting in what used to be a Shoney's restaurant out on Laskin Road. Anybody remember that? Now it's like... What's it called? No Frill Grill or something like that. She gave her life to Jesus, came to church, surrendered her life to Jesus. And I don't think, have you noticed things have changed 25, in the last 25 years or so? And that particular time, there wasn't a lot of places. She just had to be set free. So we just 
got her set free. I don't know any other way to say it. Uh, not only is she married and her family whole, but she's a mother and a grandmother and still faithfully attending Freedom Fellowship right now. And I tell you, everybody's story, but everybody's story is their own story. So I'm not going to throw names at everybody. Some of you know the story I'm talking about right now. What I am saying to you is there are people that are in this room who came after they gave their life to Jesus. Get this. Say this. I am saved. I am being saved. And I will be saved. Anybody hear what I'm teaching you right now? I am saved. Now here's the news. You see, some people think that the people get saved are clean and that's why they come to Jesus. They forsake their sins. I got news for you. Jesus will save you right where you are. He will save you broken, messed up, confused. He will save you while you are in sin. Some folk, and I remember this because when I was a boy, I thought that if I did anything wrong, I was going straight to hell. Anybody grow up like that besides just two or three? And I, mean, I appreciate that because there's some things I never got into because I knew, I'm telling you, I knew if I picked up one cigarette and puffed it, burn. I knew it. And I knew there were people that didn't even get to go to church anymore because something we found out about. Oh, they was messing around with somebody. They can't come back here. What? I am so thankful to have a congregation of some of the most messed up people in the world. Thank you for being a part of the being saved crowd. And I found this about myself because even though I'm the pastor here at Freedom, not only have I been saved, but over the years, I am also being saved. I keep discovering things and the Lord will reveal things that he wants to change in my life. Some things that he wants to heal. In fact, if you look in the Word of God, there's this great, this great scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And the word saved actually is the Greek word sozo. Isn't that a cool word? Say it. Sozo. Say it. Sozo. What's going on? Sozo. Sozo. Sozo! Instead of what's up, you ought to start saying that. All right? Sozo! Hey, Sozo! Hashtag Sozo. That would be great. Because salvation to you just means, well, I'm religious now. It doesn't mean that to me. Salvation to me, me means exactly what the Greek word Sozo means rescued, delivered, preserved, healed, and renewed. So when I come to Jesus, He takes me just as I am with all my brokenness with all my confusion and then he cleanses me no he doesn't clean the fish before he catches them he takes me as I am and from the inside out reveals all the mess all the stuff all the wounds of my life he's still doing it I'm telling you this past month the Lord has been doing that in my life every day like I just keep, anybody have a phone where you have notes in it? You know, I have pages of notes in mine. I'll be sitting and just talking to the Lord and asking him to reveal things about me to himself. And he does. And I'll just write it. I made the mistake last night. I thought I, you know, I like to go over them with my accountability partner, my wife. And the things that the Lord is showing me about me that he wants to change and things that he wants to heal. Because I don't know if you realize that. Some of you know this about me. Because I look really good up here. But my heart was whooped when I moved here 33 years ago. My heart was just so broken and I didn't even know it. But I did know how to 
put on a happy religious face. Excuse me, let me try that again. And I knew how to lift my hands. And I knew how, and I, I wasn't a bad guy. I just wasn't any different than anybody else. And I was saved and the Spirit of God was inside of me. But he wanted to heal some wounds that were in my life. Some, anybody ever have any wounds in your life? Anybody ever have that? Perhaps you're in this room and you've been assaulted. You've been wounded. You Maybe a father wound, a mother wound. Maybe you were abandoned by somebody. Anybody have that kind of stuff? People that were supposed to take care of you did not take care of you. You were lost or perhaps some, somebody did something to you like happened to me when I was a child that just kind of warped your thoughts about people and made you walk in uh, your uh, your your false self rather than your true self because you had shame right there that you had never really taken to the foot of the cross and laid it before Jesus even though Jesus died for you and took your shame upon himself you thought he just died so you'd be good Jesus said no I died so your bad self could get set free I had stuff man I had stuff people would come and give their life to Jesus I'd pray for them I'd say you know God save them of this and then the Lord would say Oh, yeah, and I came to save you of that, too. Because just because you're a pastor doesn't mean you always got it all together. I mean, I read that story of that dear pastor this week. Maybe you read it, too, who took his own life. And uh, perhaps, you know, some people would say, you know, what's going on? It's mental illness. And just so you know, if, if you're struggling with anxiety or depression or anything like that, you take that connection card, if you would, and just put some information down. And we'll get you with the community that can help you. we got really good counselors right here at Freedom Fellowship. And we love you. And we'll help you walk. And we'll... Anybody with me on this? Anybody? But I'm telling you that we serve the God... Who came to sozo us. So, anybody ever have sozo prayer? Anybody heard of that before? Just lift your hand. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like when you pray with somebody. Not just God you just touched them right now from the top of the head. That ain't bad prayer. Okay, It's not bad. I'm saying pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal the areas of their life that really need to be set free. Pray deeply. Pray honestly. Praying your setting. Don't you, anybody like me, wish you'd had somebody 30, 40 years ago that would have looked at you and said, what's really going on in your heart? Or somebody, in fact, why don't you look at somebody nearby you right now, look them in the face and tell them this. Tell them they're a good gift. Go ahead, tell somebody you're a good gift. Now wait, I'm going to have you tell them something else. All right? Do you love the person next to you? Do you love them? Do you love them with the love of the Lord Jesus? Okay, look at them and tell them this. Tell them I love you. And there's nothing you could do. That would cause me not to love you. What? They, some of those people don't believe you. You know why they don't believe you? Because they've had people that were supposed to take care of them all their life and they didn't. Now let me tell you this. Jesus loves you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Doesn't matter what you do. He's coming after you. He will reveal those things that need to be changed in your life. And he will help you. He'll get underneath you and bear your burdens alongside of you. Somebody thank God for the words. I got, I got to be finished. He wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. In fact, let me just, let me just, let's just, let's just finish. Let's just finish this, okay? Let me just finish this. I, you know, I've told you my stories. 
Here we are. We're sitting here. We're ready for the next phase of church. Come on, Pastor. Have everybody lift their hand. Let's get the music playing. I just told you this about Sozo, and I told you that we're here together in the church. And now we're ready just to, you know, go through the motions, and maybe somebody will come, somebody won't, you know. I I don't know. I can't do that. I have been places before where I realized that God set everything up. Anybody been in those situations before? I mean, you walk into a place. You know, you go to a restaurant. Somebody sits down next to you. I got people that come to this church right now because we sat down at a restaurant next to each other. It's true. Walk into a department store. You couldn't have even made the schedule. Somebody would have been late. Walk into a department store and somebody. I was at a department store the other day and a lady looked over and I was wearing this strong and courageous bracelet. She looked at Diane and I. We both had one. She said, I love the bracelet you're wearing. I said, you do. Now you're wearing it. You believe in Jesus? You believe in the Lord? He wants you to be strong and courageous. You can get through whatever you're going through. I mean, I, I, didn't, I, I can't do that in an altar service sometimes. By the way, I believe there's some more of those back in the back. You're sitting where you are. You're in this room for a purpose and for a reason. You're sitting with friends, perhaps, or somebody that you know. Would you like to have a conversation? My wife and I, we have prayer every morning. You know I teach people, specifically married couples, that you should pray every morning. I'll pass out some more candles in a few weeks if that's all right with you. Our, our candles, we've, we've replaced ours so many times. Every morning we light a candle and check in. Anybody know what it means to check in? Check in. Look at the person next to you and say, how you doing? You just checked in. Unless you're faking it. Because I need somebody to check in with me to see how my heart's going. To see what's really going on in my life. Some of you don't have that. If you're married, you're supposed to be doing that for each other. Checking in. And then after you check in, you need to talk about the things you're going to pray about. And then you need to pray about those things. Lay hands on one another. Pray for one another. And then don't just finish through the day. If one or the other is struggling, just keep checking in. You okay? What's going on? Text. Hey, baby, what's up? You know, just check in with somebody. Well, here we are in the church and we worship and we shouted, is anyone worthy? And we shouted, he is. We listen to our kids sing. We're getting ready to go to a great picnic. Hallelujah. Praise God for fried chicken and all the chickens that have been sacrificed for Christian fellowship. Getting ready to have a good time, play some volleyball. But could you check in with people that are sitting around you right now? Go ahead. Look at somebody. Maybe somebody behind you. Check in with somebody in front of you. Some people will get missed. All right. Turn around to somebody. If you're by yourself, look up at somebody and check in with them. Check in. How you doing? Is there anything you need prayer for? Go ahead. Check in. Listen, listen. Ask them. Watch this. Is there a broken area in your life where you need healing? Is there any wounds that we need to take care of? Oh, ask this. Ask this. Hey, have you confessed Jesus as your Lord? Is Jesus the Lord of your life? That's cool, isn't it? You ready? That didn't take so long, did it? 
It was kind of, you know, right now it's a little bit, you know, not, not quite as fluid as we want it to be. Now, as you checked in, would you mind praying with each other? Would you mind taking the individual that's next to you and saying, let's just go pray. Let's just go pray. And then you take them by the hand. And then, you know, we came down here to worship. Could we come down for the cause of Sozo? Could we come down today because we want to do life together and we want to pray together and we want people to be set free? Or you just, do we just have five or six people that can do this? Could we actually bless one another? Okay, I'll help you because I know this is tough. I'll help you. You ready? All right, you ready? Now, ready? Grab somebody by the hand that you want to pray with or to minister with, and I'm going to help you do that. Bring them on down. Come on down. Grab them by the hand and come on down. Come on. Oh, you can stay there if you want, but it'd be kind of cool if somebody come down. It just feels good having everybody together. Tyler, you're still here, bro. Didn't get... Now listen, this is what Jesus wants to do. Salvation. He wants to rescue you, deliver you, preserve you, heal you, and renew you. I'm going to say that again. He would like to rescue you. You can squeeze in. I climb over these chairs all the time, okay? So I do. If I need to get somebody, I just climb the seats. I have no problem. Jesus said I could do that. All right, so come on, come on. And get together. Get close to one another. Now listen to this again. He wants to rescue you. He wants to deliver you, preserve you, heal you, or renew you. So do any of those words that I just met, mentioned, do any of those ring bells for you? If they do, look at the crowd and say, this is what I need. Look at the group that you're with. I need healed. I need preserved. I need healed. I need renewed. I need rescued. I got some stuff going on in my life and I need rescue. I feel like I'm going under right now. I really need rescue. There's some scriptures in the Bible that are really clear about this. The Bible says that Jesus said that we can actually lay hands on the sick. And Mark, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Timothy, Paul actually laid his hands on Timothy and, and offered him spiritual gifts. And he says, I want to remind you to kindle afresh, to stir up the flame." The gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So we actually pray for one another that you would have gifts. That you would have strength. That you would have healing. But why should we walk out of a family gathering like this with our needs secret? Don't just bow your heads and pray. Look at one another and talk for a moment. Go ahead. Look at one another and talk for a moment. Ask one another, what are your needs? How can I pray for you? How can I be praying for you? And then after you've asked those questions, then pray together and know one another's name. We're going to sing for a moment. And after you pray and sought the Lord, many of you have already given your life to Jesus. After you prayed and sought the Lord, then choose to be dismissed when you're done with your little gathering right where you are. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. I love you dearly. I'm here for you. Share.
talk.